Welcome to LilyPod episode 61, Creating Luck. Jeff and Kathy Teichert, bringing you another episode of LilyPod, a production of Love in Later Years. We are certified life coaches, authors of the Amazon bestseller Intentional Courtship, and members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Our messages are directed toward mid-singles and later married couples. We also welcome all who enjoy personal growth and enriching relationships. Hey friends, uh, Zig Ziglar, who was a big time motivational speaker back in the 1970s, uh, famously said, success is where preparation meets opportunity. And, you know, in the preparation part of that, we, we look at things that we have a lot of control over, uh, things that we can do to enhance our odds of success. The opportunity side of that is something we think more about in terms of luck. And it's kind of interesting. Uh, you know, when we were writing Intentional Courtship, there was one of our advanced readers who was very much opposed to the idea of saying anything about luck uh, in the book because she said, you know, luck isn't part of God's plan. Uh, everything has purpose. There's not an element of luck in it. Just to be clear on that, we're not suggesting that luck is necessarily literally like rolling the dice or flipping a coin. We're saying that that luck is anything that operates to your benefit outside of your control. So is it an act of God? Uh, yes. Then for our purposes, we're talking about that as meaning as being luck. Uh, right. So you might refer to it as blessings, but with with a uh, St. Patrick's Day just around the corner, we wanted to bring that luck of the Irish, you know, sentiment into it. We're both Irish and we actually met on St. Patrick's Day through Facebook. Right. Six years ago now. Yep. Yeah. So that was what we considered our lucky day, our blessed day. Now, we didn't know it for a long time. We didn't know how blessed that day was, but it was good fortune. It was something outside of our control. We couldn't have orchestrated us noticing each other on Facebook all by ourselves. And was that uh, the hand of God? Well, I think it was the hand of God. That's my understanding and interpretation of it. So lucky me, lucky us. Uh, so we don't think luck is exclusive from the hand of God. We think it's perhaps a manifestation of the hand of God. Now, I will also say, however, that Kathy and I met on Facebook when we were both participating in mid-singles groups. And we noticed each other because we both tried to be positive and constructive in the way we talked about dating and the opposite sex and dealing with former spouses and things like that. And that, that was quite frankly, uncommon. Um, and so we noticed each other that way. 
And in that way, we were responsible in part for that standing out. Right. Because there was a certain amount of preparation involved in that. And preparation uh, is half of the equation. Now you can be, I didn't get my dream job until I was 54 years old. Can you believe that? Uh, I became a constitutional lawyer with the Utah Attorney General's office. Now, when I was 33, I went back to school and got an advanced law degree in English and early American legal history, which uh, I, I enjoyed very much, but I never was able to put it to any use for years. I mean, 20 years. Why? There aren't that many jobs as constitutional lawyers out there. The opportunity was not readily apparent. Now, eventually, my preparation met an opportunity and they said, you're the guy we want. Uh, you have the experience and the education to do this job better than anyone else. That's just an illustration. But uh, there are people who kind of think, you know, once I get married again, then I'll start building something with a partner. But they're kind of waiting around for a partner to show up before they do any personal development or, you know, creating a life. But then that opportunity might come and we're not ready. We're not prepared. Right. Uh, so I just want to mention to our listeners without going into detail, because it's not what our episode's about, that the opportunity that Jeff had to become a constitutional lawyer for the state of Utah was absolutely miraculously, uh, What's yeah, the, the opportunity seemed to be created by really improbable events. Yeah, it was miraculously orchestrated. That was the word I was looking for. And I could not have orchestrated it. No, he couldn't have. <laughs> so, um, and I, I actually believe that when we meet important people in our lives, not just our forever companion, but also other important players, right? that there is often divine orchestration in it. Right. And it's something that when we talk about luck, we're just saying something that's beyond our own ability to create or to influence uh, all by ourselves. So, well, and that's where I think creating luck, this episode is titled kind of in a funny way to make a very important point. And that is uh, because creating would suggest that we have the ability to, to, to create something, to, to do something. And luck would indicate that we don't, that that's outside of us. So creating luck is where we combine that preparation with opportunity, where we focus in on the creating part, the, right. the preparation part. And so I'd like to maybe now focus in on what we can do to prepare for the great love of our life. Yeah, and I, I would say along those lines that oftentimes I hear mid-singles say almost sometimes a little bit pessimistically or disparagingly when they see another mid-single getting married or particularly if they see their former spouse getting married, oh, aren't they lucky? And and yes, there is definitely a part of that. Right. And, and oftentimes I find that the people who get lucky are the people who are ready for luck to happen are ready for, if you prefer, for a blessing to show up. Um, 
it, it would be really sad if you met a really amazing person and realized you were completely unqualified to be with him or her. I think about that movie about a boy and there's this, you know, guy that's sort of been a perpetual bachelor and he's living off a trust fund and uh, had never gone to school. He didn't have a job and he met this wonderful woman and he said, and it suddenly dawned on me how wonderful it might be if I were in any way interesting. <laughs> you know, that just brought to mind that perhaps sometimes opportunities create the motivation to prepare. Right. And unfortunately, once that opportunity presents itself and we're, we weren't ready, that opportunity probably isn't going to be ours. But it can motivate us very much so. And this is why we wrote Intentional Courtship was to help our readers prepare. Uh, not to get false hope, not to just read another book about dating, because it's about so much more than dating. It's about preparation. It's about being more healed, which Dr. Greg Bear said is the most important aspect to being ready for a healthy marriage. It's about finding peace after a relationship loss. It's about finding peace as a single person and wholeness because wholeness is how we show up best in a relationship. Two half people don't make a whole. Whole people get together and have a great time. Right. You know, there's a, a person in our Love and Later Years community who's been pretty open in, in posting about his own struggles. And he talked, he's posted a few times indicating that he's on the autism spectrum. And he worries that no woman is going to want to be with him because of the unique challenges that he has. It's understandable, right? I mean, it, a lot of people feel like they're starting out in the game of life, you know, three steps behind everyone else. And I don't say that he's not. Uh, he does have unique challenges. But does that mean that love is out of his reach? Does it mean that no person that he would want to be with will ever give him a chance? Uh, it may be more challenging for him, but I think there are things he can do to prepare. And one of them, I think for anyone feeling that they don't have a chance would be to shift that thinking. Because right. how likely are we going to have an opportunity come along when we believe that we don't deserve it or that we couldn't possibly have that. Right. Uh, I know one of the most unattractive qualities to me when I was dating was someone who was desperate for a relationship. And I know I even had been at those points at, at times. And that's when I re really wasn't ready to date. When we're desperate for a relationship, when we feel it needs to be there in order for us to feel better is when we're not ready. When we feel whole, when we feel healed, when we feel like we could, we can have a good life on our own. It, ironically, that's when we're ready. Right. So, so how could this friend with autism better prepare? I think mostly with shifting the thought, this could happen. Right. And I don't think that means giving yourself false hope. I think it means being open to the possibility and not shutting down the opportunity that could 
possibly be attracted to you. Right. So I think part of it is, is a shift in thinking and believing in the possibilities and the belief that the opportunity will come sooner or later uh, will help us to be more motivated to prepare. Uh, another, another thing I think is, you know, he could do what Dr. Greg Bear suggested and, and go find a few maybe same sex friends who are understanding and loving and wise people, wise people who he can connect with and, and practice connecting. And I, I know with being on the autism spectrum, sometimes those, those folks have a little harder time than the rest of us in connecting, but he could practice. Uh, and anyone, uh, you know, we're not speaking just to him. Anyone could practice that kind of thing. In fact, we highly recommend practicing, especially if you're not ready to date. Right. You, you do need to meet your social needs through other adults and not your children. So in that respect, it's important to, to find people to practice loving and being loved with. And then being vulnerable, sharing. We mean right. what we mean by practice is being real and authentic and not putting on the show for somebody or and not trying to get them to like you, but just reaching out and being real. And if they're wise and they're really, truly loving people, allow them to love you so that you know what that feels like. Right. And then when, you know, in some future time, when an opportunity comes up to, to love someone in the, the partner way, you'll be more, familiar with how to go about that uh, because and probably better at attracting wise persons that right. truly can love you for who you are. Right. So that's, you know, that's, uh, I'm sorry if you hoped we, we were going to give you some card tricks or special incantations to, <laughs> um, to create love, you know, although or, I do think raising your energy vibration is really important. But that's really a matter of thinking elevated thoughts, right? I mean, gratitude, right. appreciation, rather than hate and frustration. And that's where preparation comes in also, because uh, we're preparing for a better and more loving relationship by becoming a happier person and elevating our vibrations in that way. So it's it's uh it is a preparation to become a better version of you to think more elevated thoughts and like the scripture says in doctrine and covenants 88 light cleaveth unto light virtue loveth virtue and it goes on basically saying that birds of a feather flock together that when uh, when you are bringing light into the world you're going to attract light and so you also raise your chances of having opportunities come to you that are lucky. Right. And so I think it's, you know, it's tempting to look at somebody else who has something you don't have, a great job, a great car, a wonderful relationship, you know, whatever it may be, and think, well, aren't they lucky? Well, there's a certain amount of that because opportunity is half of the equation on uh, how success is where preparation meets opportunity. But often we don't emphasize enough 
the importance of the preparation side. Well, and it's not that. something we necessarily see. We might actually see it more as the the result. We're seeing the result of the behaviors that came from all of the emotions and energy that were created by the thoughts that were intentionally created to attract what those people have. Right. And it can sometimes be years in that, in the making, in the process. And it doesn't mean it has to take a long time, but as humans, we develop as we grow and we, and we, as we mature and it does take time. Uh, it doesn't mean it needs to take a long time. I, d I don't think we should go about thinking, oh, this is going to take forever because then it will. <laughs> right. But I do think it's important to be patient with the process and continue doing those things to be more healed, to be more whole, to uh, develop in a way that gets us ready for those opportunities. Right. I. I think when we think about luck and we think about St. Patrick's Day, you know, often we think of wearing green and leprechauns and pots of gold at the end of the rainbow and corned beef and cabbage, if you yes. like that. <laughs> Lots of uh, fun little Irish or Irish American traditions. Um, and, you know, that's all great. Uh, it's become a, a kind of, of, um, secular holiday in some ways now but it originated as a religious holiday and the three-leaf clover clover actually represented by saint patrick himself uh the trinity right and i and I'm, then eventually it morphed into faith hope and love right and that's why the four-leaf clover is lucky because that adds, adds an element of luck to the faith hope and love and faith, if you think about it, faith, hope, and love are all things we can develop in ourselves. Right. And when we add that luck, that's the opportunity. Right. That's so, so the original three-leaf clover is the is the preparation. The four-leaf clover is where we add the opportunity and get right. lucky. Yeah. So when we're talking about luck, we're not talking about Las Vegas. You know, we're we're talking about what are the opportunities that are going to show up and how can we be prepared for them? Well, we don't necessarily know which ones will show up or exactly how or what they'll look like, but having faith that they will, having hope that they will. Right. And developing love in ourselves can be a huge proactive thing we can do to get more lucky in our lives. You know, Kathy, I, I love the Irish uh, folk tune so, uh, by Audrey Assad that says, Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought, by day or by night, waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Be thou my wisdom, and thou my true word. I ever with thee, and thou with me, Lord. Thou my great father, and I thy true son, thou in me dwelling, and I with thee one. Riches I heed not, nor vain empty praise, thou mine inheritance, now and always. Thou and thou only, first in my heart, high king of heaven, my treasure thou art. 
High King of heaven, my victory won. May I reach heaven's joys, O bright heaven's sun. Heart of my own heart, whatever befall, still be my vision, O ruler of all. So I, I like that because uh, it's an Irish uh, hymn that kind of encapsulate this idea that we're walking hand in hand with God, with our creator, that he is our vision, that he is our savior, that, you know, that he, uh, that he walks with us in this life. And so I think it can be discouraging to say success is where preparation meets opportunity, but understand that although there are many things in our journey that we don't have control over, faith is believing that that opportunity is going to show up sooner or later. And the more prepared you are, uh, the more likely you will be to seize it. So you're thinking the discouragement would be in the opportunity that we don't control. Right. That, well, I can prepare all I want. And if the opportunity doesn't come along, what good is it? Well, but the idea is eventually the opportunity will come along. Well, I just had a thought that if we're preparing with God by our side, with God as our guide, he's going to help us prepare for the opportunities he knows he's going to bring into our life. Right. And it will enhance our faith in that as well as our ability to prepare in the ways that he needs us to. Right. In fact, I, I remember in 2017, Jeff, when you and I were just friends. So we met on St. Patrick's Day. We dated on and off in 2016 and then ultimately ended our dating relationship. And we were just friends for all of 2017. And in and both of us on our own, without coordinating without each other, without thinking we'd one day get back together because there was no thought of that. I, I don't think in either of us, right? No, I, I mean... I think I still missed her in some ways, but no, I didn't think that that was going to be reconsidered. But we did develop a really strong friendship that I we both valued. And, but, but it was like we occasionally saw each other, but it was platonic when we did. And we'd communicate in ways that were elevating. Uh, we'd talk about ideas and thoughts that came to us through our scripture study and whatnot. So we were supportive, elevating friends. And as we were preparing for our own future, knowing that, you know, we each wanted to get remarried, we each wanted to be in a healthy relationship, but there were things we needed to do, do to prepare. And I believe that year we both did things in harmony with God's guidance to elevate our lives. Oh, very much so. I, for instance, I sold my house and I moved. I knew it's something I needed to do. Uh, and in the process, I went back to my maiden name, all of that. And it was all orchestrated in a way that was really quite miraculous, too. Um, I It was a seller's market, and I got over asking uh, offers by more multiple people and then somehow managed to sit on a house that should have just flown off the market for weeks because I had been indecisive and ended up getting it under asking. Uh, and uh, it was a huge blessing in a lot of ways that I didn't know. I didn't know the opportunity. Um, and this is not, I don't consider this very lucky, but I was going to end up being really sick. 
And I was moving to an HOA rather than having this ginormous yard, which was a full-time job in and of itself. Uh, I'm, I didn't know that my future held such um, frustrating circumstance that I needed to be prepared for. Right. But I did know that I wanted to be remarried and I wanted to have a space that I could invite a future spouse into and also a home that I could rent out if, if that space is elsewhere. And so it just gave me a position of anything could happen and it's all good. I'm ready. There was an element there of luck in, well, you can explain this, but in uh, when you got sick and what was going on in life and in your dating world at that time. Oh, right. So I was in this new home, which was very helpful because I was no longer needing to care for this ginormous yard and this really big house. Um, I had downsized and it was a lot more manageable. Uh, but I was dating and I thought they were all really good guys. And, uh, and it just became apparent over time as I got ill uh, in around Thanksgiving of 2017 that some of them kind of disappeared. They were more fa fair weather dating partners. And mm -hmm. some of them really showed up and showed even more interest which was overwhelming while I was sick, but I really appreciated the soup, the blessings, uh, the priesthood blessings that I received, the, the visits, the, you know, I'll go buy you some cough medicine or whatever you need. You know, like I felt really loved. My hand is raised right now. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff was one of them, even as my friend who hadn't been dating me, which meant so much to me. Yeah. So, I mean, even, even then it kind of, even though no one would wish on her being sick, her least of all, uh, herself least of all, but it did help to winnow out the people who didn't care as much and leave remaining the people who cared more. Yes. And we discuss in intentional courtship, how if you don't have that opportunity, you can, imagine your dating partners as and and ask yourselves would they show up in crisis would they show up if i'm sick or would they just kind of float away and just kind of be like on to other people right and i think usually even if we don't have the opportunity to see it personally we can probably answer that question by their character and how they act over time right and you know i also want to mention all the things jeff did to prepare he got rid of what, how much? Probably two thirds of my possessions. <laughs> Which actually was perfect because I had downsized and I had plenty of room. In fact, I bought bedroom furniture and purposely did not fill the drawers that I wanted to be for my future husband. I, I created space, but not that much space. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, not as much as you had. In fact, when he moved in, it was the perfect amount. Like it, I mean, granted, I had to scooch over and make room in, you know, the closet and the storage room and whatnot, but it was definitely a reasonable amount and it worked really well. It's funny because uh, I had prayed that somehow I would be able to get all of my stuff back to Utah that had been in a storage unit in Texas. And I just, I wanted to close that chapter of my life. And lo and behold, you know, as soon as I prayed for that, within a couple of days, somebody showed up that was making a trip to Texas and saying they would be willing to pull a U-Haul on the way home and bring me my stuff. So they did that. 
which, you know, was amazing. But anyway, I, I got all that stuff into my apartment and the spare bedroom was, uh, like a was, storage unit, right? was full, like a storage <laughs> unit. And so that's when I started reading Marie Kondo's book. And I actually listened to it on Audible several times while I was sorting through my stuff and getting rid of things. I had a son coming home from a mission and I, you know, I knew I wanted to have that room ready for him. Uh, and so that was part of, of the decision. And part of it was just, I believed in what Marie Kondo was teaching that with pared down possessions and less clutter and chaos, you have a happier life. And um, I've listened to the minimalists sometimes on that, but that was one of the things that I was doing. And it wasn't necessarily just to prepare for marriage, but that was a benefit of it. It created space to have someone else in my life instead of all this clutter. So in a lot of ways, we both created space for each other, not knowing that it was for one another. <laughs> right. We just did it in preparation for what we knew we wanted. Right. You know, Jeff, we've talked about the ways in which we prepared practically for marriage, creating space, getting rid of extra belongings that are just weighing us down, um, opening up to new space, all of that. Um, but there was also more intimate things we did. I know I shifted my thought process and my emotional well-being a lot in terms of how ready I was to recommit. Um, and I started attracting better options as soon as I started realizing that I had been gravitating towards people who weren't going to be forever because I was scared. And I knew I needed to overcome that fear. And I, I took a break from dating. And when I got back into it, I, I think I was more intentional. And I also did some spiritual shifting. Uh, I felt the need to get more in tune with my spirit and started going to the temple more often. And, and so it was more than one way of preparing. And I would dare say that most of the people listening will need to do more than one way of preparing for their eternal companion as well. And that's, and we try to cover all of that in intentional courtship. Right. I mean, as I think about that year, 2017, it, it was a big year of preparation for me. I did a lot of personal development work uh, through reading books as well as, I mean, I started training for a marathon, although uh, my knees kind of prevented me from completing that goal. But I started getting my body in better physical shape. And I, I got more uh, purposeful about the way that I was building my business. And that uh, made a tremendous difference too in, well, I started making more money. I got invited to go uh, as part of a business and trade delegation to China, which was a huge thrill. Um, and learned a lot while I was over there just about being in a different culture and uh, being, you know, first time I'd ever been to Asia, really. So, And I'd been to China a decade earlier, and so it was fun for us to be in touch during that time. Yes. And we were, I think, a little extra because we had that in common. Uh, and 
just for, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, the things that we weren't ready for marriage when we first were dating were Jeff's finances and my emotional inability to commit. So uh, we started shifting that for ourselves, independent of each other, which I think was really healthy to do. Right. Like paring down my possessions was a choice about how I wanted to live life um, more than about I'm eventually going to get married and this is going to be needful. But I think it did create space to get married, you know, deciding to work uh, purposefully on expansion of my business at that time. Uh, I wasn't thinking necessarily about marriage. I mean, although I was, I mean, I thought eventually I'm going to need to to be making a real income if I'm going to be married and move on. But it was really because that was the kind of life I wanted to live. You know, I wanted to make more money and do a better job with my finances. And so I, I made a lot of progress on that that year. Mm-hmm. And when I bought this house, I didn't, I didn't just think, oh, a man could move in. Cause I thought, well, what if the man has a bunch of kids, you know, we might have a big blended family and this house wouldn't work for us. But I thought, it's a good investment and I can rent it out if we end up living somewhere else. So, and if I remain single, if I never get remarried, cause I, I was, I had this, a, an arrangement with God that I didn't, I wanted him to say no, if it wasn't going to be awesome. And if that, you know, was a no, the rest of my life, this was a place where I felt was really good as a single mother too. I even remember Kathy questioning that a little bit during our year where we were just friends. Uh, Maybe I'm just meant to stay single. And, you know, I don't think that was her prevailing thought, but I remember her saying that a few times. And, and I think that's a tough thing about faith. You know, Uh, I think it's, you know, now I can look back on my life and see that the things I saw as tragedies were really God opening the way to the greatest blessings I have, or most of the greatest blessings I have. And it's easy to look back and see that now because I see how Mm -hmm. things have turned out so far. Uh, But at the time when you're building it, you've got to believe in something that doesn't exist yet. Right. And I, I was just thinking that on the flip side, if we've had, if we've experienced divorce, if we've experienced widowhood, if we've lost a serious love of in our life, we might be tempted to believe we're unlucky. Right. And we like to encourage people to see it more as this could be a blessing in disguise. And I know if you're in the middle of it, you're probably thinking, how could it be? How could that be possible? Uh, But, you know, we've both lost siblings to death. We have both been through divorce. We know what it's like to lose a loved one in both manner manners. And um, it's our belief. And also the way we prefer to see things is that if a person dies, it's their time. If a divorce happens, it it can propel us to a better relationship. Right. Um, That there's all sorts of... If we let it. Right. If we allow it to change us. Well, and if if we truly have no desire to remarry, which I know some people have said that, um, it can propel us to greater independence and a better sense of personal purpose. And- yeah, all of that. So I just, we want to see it more as an opportunity. 
um, right. something that could be lucky rather than a devastation or a tragedy or something that should not have happened. Right. And that's, that's uh, an important part of the, this whole pilgrimage we have through mortality. Uh, it is hard sometimes to, to be able to look ahead and know the end from the beginning. And, and sometimes, you know, as we're trying to build, we see setbacks occur. You might be in a relationship with someone that feels really good and you have great hope with it. And later something comes up to make it so it's not going to work. And that feels discouraging. And I, I, I get that. I've been through that. And we never really know what we might have avoided if that relationship had gone through right. or if that job would have worked out. You know, and even if we do know what we've avoided, we may be a little sad that 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 turned out to be the best, you know, the best thing we, we had maybe would have hoped that this other person wasn't an abusive alcoholic, but you know, whatever it is, I, uh, I think it's in a way I'd like you to picture going out to a lake, a beautiful lake with beautiful surroundings and the mountains. And you pull out your fishing pole and you decide to go fishing and you look into the lake, into that water and say, I don't see any fish. Well, I mean, you don't see any fish, but that doesn't mean there's no fish out there, right? You can't see the whole lake. Uh, you don't have a, in fact, you may see no fish and there may be lots of fish and they may be congregated in a different spot. And so you cast your, your, uh, line out and you reel it back in and there's no fish on the hook. And how many times do you have to cast that line before you actually catch a fish? And then maybe you do catch it and it's too small. So you have to throw it back. And, you know, I've thrown back a lot of fish, so to speak. Um, this could apply to trying to find your king or queen. You know, how many times do you have to cast that line into the water before you actually pull in a, a fish? It could, it could also be applied to, you know, succeeding in your career or anything else we may try to do. Um, the thing is, if we have faith that God means for good things to happen to us, and that he's guiding us to a better relationship, we're not just going to sit down on the this edge of that pond and put our fishing pole aside and say, I'm done. This never works. Uh, I think, you know, you may have to spend several days fishing, casting hundreds of times to find what you're looking for. You but know. if you have the faith to keep trying, the opportunity is eventually going to show up. You know, this reminds me of when I was first going through my divorce and my young son at the time, maybe four and a half, said, Mom, don't worry. There's plenty of fish in the sea. <laughs> I, I, I mean, he wasn't even in school yet. I had no idea where he'd heard that. I, I don't know if he made it up or whatever, but I just remember it touching my heart. And I took it uh, seriously. Uh, and I would like to pose the same statement to our listeners. Don't worry. There's plenty of fish in the sea. And you can't see all of them, even in a boat or. Yeah, there's going to be so much opportunity out there, maybe even more than you can handle. 
Um, but as you get really intentional about what you're looking for, um, and I, we do encourage if you don't have intentional courtship for you to go pick it up because it can help you get very clear on what you really want most. And as you get that clarity and as you prepare by being more healed, being more truly loving. And I, I have to say, as Jeff developed himself that year, that 2017 ended with him writing me this beautiful letter that was so unconditionally loving that it could not be ignored, even though for over a year I'd thought, oh, yeah, that relationship's never going to work. All of a sudden, he this this relationship was back on the table for me to choose. And I'm grateful that he did that and that he prepared to be that loving. Yeah, I think that that, that kind of preparation, the spiritual, emotional preparation is perhaps the most important thing that we do to prepare for a good marriage, even though financial is, a, is an important thing. And, you know, not wanting to burden your future spouse with, <clears throat> with a big financial problem. Um, but I think all, I, I think that emotional, spiritual preparation and the preparation to try to become as unconditionally loving as you can be in this life, uh, it really matters a lot. And also being able to receive love, because that's another thing is he could have sent that and it could have meant nothing to me if I hadn't have done my own preparing to be able to receive and really value what he was offering. Right. So we'd just like to end this episode with how we started with a, a very, um, we wish you all the best in your preparation for your opportunity um, because that is what will ultimately equal success for you in creating your own luck in love. Yeah, and the, in life. The time when I sent that letter to Kathy uh, was a moment when preparation met opportunity in both of our, on both of our parts. And so, yeah, that's a very important thing to remember. And I promise you, your opportunity is going to come. Luck is going to be on your side at some point if you're prepared. And having said that, uh, we believe, and we urge you to believe, that any time is a great time for more love and more luck in your life. Thank you for listening. Subscribe to LilyPod and get notice of each new weekly episode. If you enjoy what you heard, give us a positive review. We want to reach as many mid-singles and later married couples as possible, so please share this podcast with those you love. To access fabulous free content like written articles and YouTube videos on LilyDube, and to learn about our book Intentional Courtship and Lily Coaching Services, visit loveinlateryears.com. <laughs>